This is episode 310 and today we're chatting about the behaviors that lead to the food choices that we make, uh, mental detriment of our health goals, how to have foresight and planning ahead to stay on plan, how behavioral nutrition helps us keep weight off long term, stages of change and how to really know where you're at and how to support yourself and so, so much more. Our guest today is Lauren Weiss. She was on episode 275 talking about metabolic health, weight, insulin and fatigue. You guys loved that episode that I wanted to have Lauren back on to chat a little bit more about her behavioral nutrition. And the reason why is because she is a behavioral nutritionist specializing in the low carb ketogenic lifestyle. She worked as a nutrition scientist at the University of California, San Diego for over a decade and now owns a clinical nutrition practice in La Jolla, California. Lauren is a certified ketogenic nutrition specialist and currently offers remote ketogenic and metabolic health consulting all over the world. She is also a contributing writer for dietdoctor.com. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can also catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So we were chatting about metabolic health, uh, weight, insulin, fatigue on episode 275. And today we're going to be talking about behavioral nutrition and what that's all about. So I'm really excited to dive in. Great. Yeah. So in a couple of words, if people haven't listened to our episode 275, and I'll include a link in the show notes today for those who want to go deeper with us, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your work, what you do, and your history of behavioral nutrition? Right. So I'm what, what I call myself a behavioral nutritionist. I am a keto nutritionist too. So I kind of mesh those two concepts together. But what a behavioral nutritionist does is it helps people create and sustain behaviors that will help them not only achieve their health goals in the short term, but really create a lifestyle, a new dietary lifestyle change in order to sustain those changes over the long term. Because a lot of people think of a diet or keto diet as a short term, quick fix situation. And unfortunately, if you change your behavior only in the short term and then you go back to your old eating behaviors, you are not going to be able to sustain either the weight loss or those health changes that you work so hard to achieve. So a behavioral nutritionist incorporates a lot of these behavioral ideas and identifies these behaviors and helps people really change them for the long term. Amazing. And which came first for you, um, studying nutrition or doing behavioral nutrition, or how did that play into your practice now? Right. So I actually have a PhD in behavioral nutrition. So I knew that after I received a master's in nutritional biochemistry, I knew everything about nutrition, but we, you can tell someone for years and years how to eat, 
but you have to change someone's behavior and their mindset towards food. So after I finished my master's degree, I thought I really need to seek out a program to help me incorporate this idea of how do we change people's habits. And I ended up at Columbia University and received a PhD in behavioral nutrition. That's amazing. And and what sort of behaviors do you kind of look at? I'm sure this is a loaded question. There's probably <laughs> millions, but kind of millions. what do you see so people can really understand, oh, that's me or, oh, I do that. Or I don't know how to fix it. Well, I definitely have that. What are the sorts of things that you're seeing? Right. So there, there's practice? many different categories of behaviors. Those behaviors, maybe they're self-monitoring. Maybe we track our calories. Maybe we weigh ourselves. But in terms of behavioral nutrition, it goes deeper than that. It goes really, what is the, how do we change our mindset? How do we change our psychology in the way that we live our lives? And a lot of people don't really make that connection between behavior and eating, but it is behaviors that drive what we eat and when we eat and how we eat and who we eat with. So really working through a lot of those behaviors, whether it's social support, whether it's your friends around you, your family around you that might influence the way you eat or, you know, your cultural setting. Um, there are so many different behaviors and you know, we, we all really haven't thought about that for a long time. So I really talk about and I identify those behaviors that really need to be changed in people in order to progress them from um, through the stages of change model, which is what I use when I work with clients. They come to me usually in a contemplation stage. What behaviors do I need to talk to them about or do we need to identify to get them from thinking about making a change to actually preparing to make the change? And that is discussing maybe a family history, of a medical issue, or maybe they uh, have high blood sugar or prediabetes. So I educate them. Really, that beginning part is about educating people to really, instead of saying, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, well, really thinking about, you know, thinking about not the number on the scale, but, but why do we want to get there and how do we change those behaviors? And there's different behaviors that I identify through that continuum to help people get to where they want to be and sustain that long-term. Mm, and it sounds like also from you explaining the process, it, it might be a lot of repatterning also and how we communicate with others. Like one example that's coming to mind is perhaps a woman who wants to lose weight and you know they think that they're reacting poorly to carbohydrates and perhaps they want to start a ketogenic diet, but they have a partner that's influencing mm -hmm. them. And, you know, like, but just have the pizza. It's just once and da, 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 da. Is that sort of stuff also part oh, of I, I encounter nutrition? that all the time. Um, I actually create, we talk about social support. I talk about in, our, in my first session, you know, what is your family environment? Do you have children at home? Do you have a partner at home? Are they in support of this? I encounter a lot of people who, are, who, who have partners who are not in support of it. I have a letter that I create for people to, to give to their friends and family, just explaining what the ketogenic lifestyle is. Because if you haven't been educated about it, um, there's a lot of misinformation out there um, that could really, really affect someone's progress in this on this diet. So I really, really discussed that. And especially through the holidays, I think I had a holiday program for the last for November, December. I really talk about those social situations 
where someone is going to say, oh, just have one piece of cake. It's not going to hurt you. But what they don't understand is we're trying to get our bodies fat adapted. And that one piece of cake or even the four bites of cake really is going to affect not only physically, but mentally the process towards their health goals. So definitely social support is one identifying barriers to making the change. What are the barriers? I have people saying all the time, well, it's someone's birthday and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and then it's my birthday and then I'm traveling. So really identifying that and working through, okay, you have a birthday coming up. What, what's our plan? What are we going to plan? You want a little bit of alcohol to drink. We have to think through that. So I really talk about that, um, something called decisional balance, weighing the pros and cons to making a change. What happens when you make the change and what happens if you don't make the change? For instance, someone with prediabetes, if you don't make a change, you will end up with diabetes or some other manifestation of insulin resistance. So I talk about that and we write those down and we go through those together. Here are all the benefits of making a change and here are, are the cons of not making the change. So, and everybody's different and I'm able to identify what people need in terms of behavioral support by getting to know them. I've been on an iron boosting kick. About six months ago, I discovered my iron levels were dangerously low. Why? Well, because I like plants and I eat a lot of plants on my ketogenic diet. And when you do not combine vitamin C with plant-based iron foods, the iron cannot be absorbed. Now, vitamin C-based foods are kind of lacking in the ketogenic diet. It's not impossible to get enough, but it is a challenge. So I started supplementing with Paleo Valley Essential C, and in just three short months, I doubled my iron level. Extreme fatigue, weakness, fluttering heartbeat or shortness of breath, headache, dizziness or lightheadedness, cold hands and feet, inflammation of the tongue, brittle nails. These are all symptoms of low iron, and I had all of them. Sitting on the lower end of normal iron levels can deliver some of these symptoms and it's very unpleasant let me tell you coupled with the immune boosting component of vitamin c you really can't go wrong with this one-two punch in your ketogenic diet and why paleo valley essential c it's third-party lab tested as the most powerful 100 natural vitamin c product on the market today it contains not one but three of the most concentrated natural sources of vitamin c amla berry, camu camu berry, and unripe aceola cherry, the most potent source of natural vitamin C on earth, which is 120 times higher than that found in an orange. Each nutrient-packed serving delivers 750% your RDI of vitamin C, an amount meant to help you thrive, not just survive. Most other vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and only contain one fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains the entire spectrum with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. Makes a huge difference. Head on over to paleovalley.com. Dot com, load up, grab a couple of bottles of vitamin C complex, whatever else that catches your eye. The superfood bars are amazing if you need a recommendation. Then enter the code KETO at checkout to receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and the code KETO for 15% off your first order. 
And what a beautiful merriment, right? Between understanding the behavioral piece and then understanding the nutrition piece to kind of come together to really make lasting change. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. And you mentioned that also it's, it's usually not enough. Would you agree to just say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here are the foods I'm going to eat versus not going to eat. Okay, go. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why the, the statistics for, for people who lose weight, they end up gaining it back. Most of them. So I think the statistics only 25% of people who lose weight actually maintain that weight loss for more than a year. And you work so hard to lose the weight and then you go back to your old habits. So creating a lifestyle, I, you know, I use the term keto diet just to describe what we're actually eating but I never use, uh, this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle. I think I talked about in my last podcast, this is a metabolic process. It is not a short-term fix. We need to keep moving forward, making sure that our bodies are maintaining this new met- metabolic process, this new fixing of our metabolism. And if we go back to our old behaviors, the weight is going to come back or whatever the health said- issue is. Exactly. And something you said earlier, you know, you're at that party and somebody says, just have a little bit, it it won't hurt you much. And you said the mental detriment. So it's not even the physical piece, but something I notice is once I have the X, Y, Z thing, you know, there's a lot of internal dialogue about this decision and I'm Mm -hmm. obsessed about it and I'm worried about it. And can you talk a little bit about what you see with the mental detriment piece? Oh gosh, I see so much guilt um, and and <clears throat> mental anguish when someone has gotten off the program. And I'm here when that happens to say, forget it. It's the past. I said, let me worry about that. You just move forward. And if they didn't have me for that, it was sometimes it would spiral out of control. You know, it was one bite of cake, then it became the next day it became donuts, and the next day it became a bagel. And you know, now I've I've totally gotten off the program. I'm just going to go get out of control, and I, and that does happen. But I'm here to say, forget it. Let me worry about it. You just move forward. Let's pretend like that didn't happen. And people need that because, and I said, don't feel bad. That happened. It happens with everybody. You're not the only one. Almost every single one of my clients have had, you know, what I call a slip up in terms of having too many carbohydrates or having something that they crave. And it's not, if it happens for weeks on end, yeah, that's going to affect it. But if it happens one time or two times, we learn from it. I have my client's journal. So when there is a situation like this, we write it down. We say, what happened this time? And when you encounter that same situation the next time, what are you going to do differently? You're going to be prepared. You are going to make some kind of keto sweet or keto treat. as a, So you have that available. So when you do have a dinner party or you do go to a social gathering, you have to be prepared for that. I think also too, like what you're saying is the planning ahead. And you mentioned that not only can those oops slipped up, (laughs) you know, it can be a very good uh, learning lesson too, of knowing, you know, if I'm going to be at a party and I don't have a plan, this is going to happen again. So how do I adjust for that? And how do we adjust for that? And I think a lot of people think it's ridiculous to try to do that, but I find when you don't plan that's when just everything falls apart because you know right. that you're going to want something. Would you agree? Yes. My, my whole program is about planning and everybody knows you need to be planned. You need, and I tell them you wake up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee, you sit down and you think through your day, where are you going to be? What food do you have available? And you need to be ready. 
you know, I tell them have a snack available. Even if you say, oh, I'm not snacking today, you need to have that available because when you get hungry and you get too hungry, you make really poor decisions. So everything is about planning. I plan my dinner first. I think through my dinner and then I work backwards every day. And that's what I tell my clients to do because dinner is kind of the big meal and that's going to make or break whether you stay within your macros or whether you kind of go off of your program. So think about dinner. And right now in the middle of a pandemic, it's easier to think through your dinner and you really need to plan more ahead than, you know, pre-pandemic life. So that's why I think a lot of my clients have been so successful during this time is because you really have to have the food home, um, you know, or not running to the grocery store every day like we used to anymore. So it, that has really, really helped. But planning is so important. You have to think ahead and you have to think of events that happen. If somebody's birthday in a week, we say, okay, what's the situation? Where are you going to go? What's available? What, what are you doing in terms of alcohol? Let's have a pre-plan. One, so you don't go too far off the program. And two, so you don't feel guilty once you do have kind of a slip up for a day or two. Yeah, I think what I'm hearing you say is having a plan of, I just won't eat anything is a horrible plan. Horrible, (laughs) because we know that's not going to (laughs) happen. It's so true. It's so true. And uh, even too, I've noticed the best time for me to plan is right before bed. I'm super chill. And I just kind of go through the inventory of what's in my fridge. What have I got planned tomorrow? And then I just kind of jot it down of like, here's kind of what I'm thinking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner or snacks or where I'm going to be and where I'm going to. And then the next morning, I kind of look at it as I'm drinking my coffee or having my water of like, oh, yeah, I like this. No, that was a bad idea. Something like that would work. Exactly. And I and I give my clients different scenarios for the day. So if you're doing an intermittent fasting day, you know, then maybe you're going to have three meals. If it's if it's intermittent, you're going to have two meals and a snack. If it's not an intermittent fasting day, the day is going to look different. But you always have to think about it ahead. You for, for a ketogenic lifestyle, being prepared and being organized is the most important thing for success. So I, we, we work through that. My clients know if it's going to be a fasting day, it might look different than a non-fasting day. And they have different scenarios that we have gone through so they understand you know, what their day needs to look like. And I'm imagining that as I'm sure this is like a lot of things, as you're building this muscle and you're planning, it probably takes a lot of time at the beginning because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But over time, it becomes like second nature to be like, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. That's my plan. (laughs) Right, right. So in the beginning of my programs, they have to log their food into an app. So they kind of figure out this is what I can and can't eat. And, And by the end of my program, it's my goal to wean them off of that you know, start doing it every other day and then start going longer without actually having to log. Because at the end of six weeks, you should pretty much know what your meals need to look like without having to log in and make sure that you're staying within your macros. And people should know at that time, really start start learning how to make keto recipes and be able to eat out and create a keto-friendly meal while eating out. So we work through all of that also um, during my program. CBD oil. I'm sure you've heard of it and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options or you're concerned it'll get you high. Now my family's been supplementing with CBD oil going on four years and I'm impressed with the results and no, we don't get high on the stuff and neither will you. 
Why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic hemp companies, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD not pesticides. Blah. No, thank you. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids. These are all good things. Now, what I love most about Eaton Hemp is they stand behind their product. If you buy it and you don't like it, or you don't get the results that you're looking for, they will give you a refund. All you got to do is use it in the first 30 days and let them know in those first 30 days, no questions asked, they will give you your money back. Now they put together a super special offer for our listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use a code keto diet, you will get 20% off all of their CBD products. Again, that's code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet for your 20% off and your 30 day money back guarantee. And at the very beginning of our conversation, you were talking about the fact that people have a hard time keeping the weight off. And what I'm hearing from you now is very much of these patterns are changing. We're changing your behaviors. You're learning how to do this long-term so that doing this long-term becomes a lot more feasible because you're actually changing your behaviors around food. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, these these behaviors that we're changing and thinking about our health and thinking long-term as I said, they can't go back to the old habits. So we're changing habits to create this lifestyle that's going to support this lifestyle for the long term. And that's why I don't focus on the number on a scale. We focus on so many other things. We focus on metabolic health. We focus on metabolic flexibility. And and I have a, a really, really strong educational component to my program. My clients are know almost everything there is to know about the ketogenic lifestyle and metabolic health by the time they're done with me. So I have, a, I have two really long educational sessions up front, and then I do hold office hours weekly where I do talk about a topic that either came up that week for my clients or something that I feel it's time for people to be educated on that topic. So my clients are are deeply educated on the process. And that is so important in terms of behavior change as well. And so you mentioned a little bit about metabolic health, and we talked about that a bunch in episode 275. Again, I'll include the link down below on the video and in the show notes for the recording, appetite hormones and and dealing with the metabolic function. How do we kind of layer that into behavioral nutrition when our when our mind is saying do this, but our body is saying something completely different, how do you balance that out? Well, I, I, I educate my clients that there are going to be changes and you're, and when you lose weight, your body's going to fight as hard as it can to get that weight back. It's just a survival mechanism. What makes this a lot easier is, is combining it with a ketogenic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We know that the ketogenic lifestyle on its own, we know that ketones suppress appetite hormones. We know that the ketogenic lifestyle basically fixes our metabolism and and decongests our mitochondria. So there are things in conjunction, behavioral nutrition with the ketogenic lifestyle that actually make my job easier. It would be very hard for me to do my job promoting a low fat, high carbohydrate diet. So I I watch my clients, I watch for uh, reductions in hunger, 
I give clues on how to create more satiation. And across the board, I see it happen kind of at that four or five week mark. I see people eating less. I see people going longer without eating. I see people dropping the snacks. So the, the ketogenic lifestyle and the ketones and the metabolic process that happens actually prevents those appetite hormones from spiking too much. So it, it, it does make my job a lot easier. And the marriage of behavioral nutrition and keto really is the, the most successful health and weight loss program that I know of today. It's so great. And I'm sure very um, fulfilling to do the job that you do of just seeing those changes happen and have the tools to provide that to your clients. That's awesome. Yes. My, my favorite point in time during the program is when the, I, I have come to the realization that they have become fat adapted. You know, that is the, the, the ultimate goal of my program is fat adaptation. And I see it, I, I, I see it in the macro reporting. I see it in the reporting of hunger and satiation to me. And I know when that happens. And my favorite thing is to text them and say, congratulations, you have, you're pretty much fat adapted at this point. And a lot of the issues that you had have been resolved. You, you move forward, you'll become metabolically flexible. This is something that maybe only five or 10% of the world has ever achieved. And this is the, the, the greatest gift that you can give yourself. And, and it is a, a really exciting time for me when that happens. And really, it's just the beginning, right? Like you think and back, yes. to, yeah, it's just the beginning. Like, right. And you're right. really excited. <laughs> yeah. And that keeps people motivated. Then, you know, then the weight, ha then the weight loss happens if that is a goal. But I never focus on the weight loss. I said, let me worry about the numbers. Let me worry about the number on the scale. Let me worry about ketone numbers. If I am concerned, I will let you know but I don't want anybody obsessing about those numbers because as we're getting metabolically healthy, we can't predict any of those numbers. I, I can help predict ketones and I can help make suggestions on, you know, how we can, how we can increase ketones, meaning that our stored fat is being more mobilized, but I don't like anybody obsessing about the number on the scale because that's, that, that's never going to be beneficial down the road. And do you feel like in a lot of ways that that even could become a trigger? Like I know with behavioral nutrition, kind of like what we talked about planning for certain things, knowing when somebody says something, how you kind of adjust that conversation, um, could jumping on the scale and watching that weight number also be a trigger to going sideways? <laughs> You know, I don't really see it a trigger. I mean, I, I, I do ask for people's weight because it, and I tell them it, it lets me know if I'm doing my job correctly. It's not something for you. I need to know if we're progressing towards fat adaptation. And that's the number I need, though we also do weight circumference and body fat. But in order for me to know that I'm doing things correctly and that I've set the correct macros, I need to kind of know that number um, I don't see it making people go slide sideways. People get upset if it's only half a pound a week or no pounds a week. You know, I don't let that happen for too long. I know how to make changes. Um, so at least for those people who are affected by the number, I know how to make that number go faster when we need to make it go faster just for people to keep keep progressing um, towards that that goal of fat adaptation. 
Amazing. And I know that there are many women listening that have done either the ketogenic diet or different types of diets over and over and Mm -hmm. over. And the pattern, you know, is like, I lose 15 pounds and then life happens or I have, I suck. My willpower is out the window. I just, I can't get beyond this. What is wrong with me? Any advice um, for a woman that's feeling like this over and over and over and over? I would say that's probably 99% of my Mm -hmm. clients that come to me. And what I explain to them is your metabolisms are broken and it's not your fault. This is from all of our processed foods and all of our, our high carbohydrate diet that's been advocated from, you know, you know, from those, the, the, from our government for many, many, many years. And it is really not our fault that this happened. And I said, don't worry about it. We will fix this very, very quickly, but you have to listen to me. And, and, and that's when the, the deep education comes in. I talk to them about, you know, what happens when you eat a carbohydrate and why we really have to reduce them now. And it's not forever, but right now, while we're trying to really fix our broken meta- metabolisms, which is basically, you know, what happens if you have extra weight, your metabolism's not working. You're not converting the food you're eating to energy. And once we train the body to do that, you know, then we can talk about down the road, what, what that's going to look like, but that's everybody that comes to me for advice or to work with me. That's basically um, my type of client that comes to me and I talk them through it and, you know, keep them encouraged and keep them moving in the right direction. Mm, Beautiful. And as you're combining keto, low carb with behavioral nutrition, um, at the beginning, we were talking about the weight loss goal and how that isn't enough. How do we Mm -hmm. set realistic goals? And how can goals either affect us negatively or positively, depending on how we set those goals? Right. So for my program, we set weekly goals. So I send out a goal setting worksheet for everybody and we set weekly goals. And sometimes I'll set the theme for those goals. So one week it might be if you're just starting my program, you know, stay staying under 25 grams of net carbs or staying within your macros. And as we as they progress through my program, those goals are going to change. But they're short term weekly goals. They also have to write down not only their goal, but what tasks are they going to take for that week to achieve those? I will review those. If I think that the tasks are are not going to help achieve the goal, I will send them a text or respond to that worksheet saying, let's try, why don't we try this? So, you know, whatever that goal is, sometimes it's intermittent fasting goal. Let's start to incorporate fasting and try it three days a week. Um, sometimes it will be exercise. Let's increase the activity, try walking two or three times a week. So it just depends on where they are in my program as to where we're setting our goals. I don't really do long-term goals. They can keep those to themselves in their mind. I don't really like to see those written down. If you want to weigh 132 pounds in six months or, you know, whatever that is, that you really can't predict those numbers and those, and that's when I think a goal can negatively affect you. Oh, I wanted to be 120 pounds by New Year's Eve, right? You just can't, those are, those are really unattainable goals. You can't predict those. So really those short-term weekly goals, and then they start to see their long-term goals as they progress through the program or through a change in lifestyle.
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Right. So what I'm hearing is like, you're looking at the next step, not 500 steps away yes. to kind of stay focused. And and then even further is to not only, because we do this a lot, we set a goal and we're like, okay, I got the goal, but then there's no plan behind it. And, and right. so what I'm hearing you say is set the goal and, and figure out how you're going to get there and what actions need to happen in order to hit that goal. Right. So we, that's why when, when they, when they identify that goal, whatever that goal is for that week and through my holiday program, you know, one week it was try to make one new keto recipe or start, start experimenting with side dishes for Thanksgiving, or, you know, what is your, what are your holiday meals going to look like? So it all, and it really, really helped just setting short term achievable and attainable goals. Right. So that that's really. And so through my program every week, it's a new goal. I want to see someone working towards a goal, only one or two goals, not 50 goals, one or two that they can focus on every day and they'll they'll be able to be successful. If that goal is achieved by the end of the week, they can reset a new goal and I will help them. You know what? What's next in line? What's the next goal we need to achieve? If that goal, if there were some hiccups in that goal for that week, we just reset that same goal. Yeah. So it sounds like getting ahead of it, getting ahead of it, planning, 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 and yes. also education. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain on this because it's something that I notice, especially with clients and just people on the internet talking about nutrition is that people want the results, but they don't mm-hmm. really want the education piece. Right. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, they, they have to be educated. I mean, there's so much information out there on diets, on keto, they have to be deeply educated. And that is, I spend about an hour and a half my first session with people and I deeply educate them. They know everything there is to know about the ketogenic lifestyle. I share with them all the current scientific research and this is where the research is and this is where it's going. I talk about you know the insulin resistance issues. I talk about the, the cardiovascular risk factors and the reduction of that. I talk about the neurological benefits of the ketogenic lifestyle, which I'm, is, is the most fascinating research for me in terms of, um, you know, Lou Gehrig's and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and traumatic brain injury and migraine. I mean, all that stuff. And, and a lot of people have some of those issues or a family history of those. And, and I really focus a lot on the education about keto and the carbohydrates. And I really, I, I go deeply into the whole concept of metabolic health and metabolic flexibility. So at the end of at least the educational part of this process, they now have other reasons to pursue the ketogenic lifestyle. Most, most people come to me for weight loss. At the end, everybody wants all those other benefits that we get. So that really helps people progress towards this new lifestyle and towards making a long-term behavior change towards food. Right. Because without the education, you're still going in blind everywhere and you have no idea what you're doing and you're not informed to be able to make your own choices. And I think that's ultimately the goal. Like we talked about long-term and making things feasible, having the education, understanding why you're doing what you're doing. I think allows you to be like, right, I do this because this happens and this happens. And I know what this is happening. And I know what happens when I don't do that thing. 
Right. And it's my goal not to have people stay with me forever. By the end of the six weeks, they should be able to figure out you know, what they need to do to move forward. If someone is not quite there, if they were severely insulin resistant and it took me a while to start creating more sensitivity or the fat adaptation process happens slower than that six weeks, they'll stay with me for longer. But it's not my goal for people to need me forever. It's my goal to educate them and to teach them really how to, how to experiment with trial and error on themselves and how to move forward. But they should, by the end of my program, they should have all that information that they need to know in order to troubleshoot moving forward. And something I think even beyond the education piece or that really informs education and and maybe a lot of women will connect to this is you have a family and I'd love to know like how your education informs how you raise children and what that looks like um, in your household with the skills that you have. Yeah, so... Yeah, my, my, my kids know a lot about nutrition. I have a 10-year-old who is keto, and that's a, a choice that she makes. I have a 13-year-old who is not quite keto, but she definitely watches carbohydrates. She understands what happens to our carbohydrates. My keto daughter definitely tells my non-keto daughter, you know, what happens when she puts a carbohydrate in her mouth. And I think a couple of days ago, she got out her carb manager app and she wanted to put in everything her sister ate to see how many carbohydrates she actually ate for a day. I said, no, let's hold off on that. But, you know, they know, they, they know the effects of excessive carbohydrates on their body. And we don't do a lot of sugar in my house. That's something that we don't do. Um, that's a treat once in a while. And I do have some, you know, keto sweets that are available. And for my 10 year old, you know, I can't take everything away from her. So yesterday I did make her some keto chocolate chip cookies. I don't do that personally in my ketogenic life stuff because I don't miss those things. and I don't crave those things. But for a 10 year old, you know, you do have to have some kind of replacements in order to help maintain that lifestyle. But nutrition and health and metabolic health is very, very important in my household. That's amazing. And I think, you know, just hearing you talk about your children and the choices they're able to make and because they're educated, because they know this does that and that does that. And now I get to make a choice. How cool is that to watch your kids kind of go through that? It's incredible. I mean, for my 10 year old, she just, just the way I teach my clients, she asks me in the morning, what are we having for dinner? And if the dinner is purely keto for her, then she knows that maybe for breakfast or lunch, she might be able to have some carbs, but she would never eat carbs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, she really kind of fasts in the morning. She doesn't do breakfast for a while. So she has become fat adapted. And I have seen a transformation in her, in her body since that happened. So just like us adults, even the children have to think about where their carbs are gonna come from and it, it's never too early to learn that. It's not a free-for-all. It's not you know, oatmeal and cereal for breakfast and a sandwich and potato chips for lunch and a bowl of pasta for dinner. It just can't be that way anymore. And, and sodas in between and goldfish in between, we just can't do that anymore. So even for young children to think through their day and think you know, where some of these more processed carbs are going to come from. And, and it's just a once in a while thing, maybe once a day, it can't be all day long. 
And what a gift to provide to your children. And they may not thank you now, but you know, when they're 30, 40, and many of their friends are struggling too, I'm sure that time will come where they look to you and say, thanks, mom. Thanks for equipping me with the tools that I needed to understand what's happening here. Yes. I I always tell them how lucky they are that they're going to have this knowledge moving forward because at some point in time, anybody who continues, you know, with the, with the Westernized diet is going to get in trouble, not only in terms of you know, weight gain, but in terms of the conditions associated with insulin resistance, and a lot of them are silent or the inflammation, which is so important right now, you know, above and beyond chronic disease, so important for for this, you know, pandemic life. So they understand this and they know all this. And yeah, they are, they do have a gift. And, you know, if, if they're fat adapted, they're going to be, they're in control of their own destiny at that point. Yes, completely. So you've mentioned a couple of times your program, your offerings. I'd love for you to tell all of us where people can connect with you, um, work with you, learn about you. Where can they go? <laughs> so I have a website, LaHoyaNutritionalHealth.com, and there's a lot of information on there. Right now, I'm offering a six-week, what I call ketogenic and metabolic health program, The ultimate goal, as I've talked about before, is to get your body fat adapted. It's a very intensive, immersive, concierge-style program. I expect daily daily communication with me during that process, and it really is, it's needed. The education is needed. Sometimes I educate educate by text. If it's too much by text, then I will talk about whatever issue is that at the group Um, office hours that we have every week. So people are invited to the group office hours. I'll talk about issues there. I'll talk about maybe the fat adaptation process, you know, different topics come up, but it really helps people seeing me every week, communicating with me every week and working through whatever issues are happening now or happening in the future. Um, and, And the ultimate goal is fat adaptation and metabolic flexibility. That is brilliant, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. I really thank you for having me again. Oh, of course. Anytime. You're always welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. No.